Hello and welcome to South Asia Chat, a podcast series brought to you by the Institute of South Asian Studies at the National University of Singapore. I'm your host, Nithya Subramanian, an editor here. And let me start by wishing you all, dear listeners, a very happy new year. This is the first podcast of 2022. And what better way to begin than by speaking to Dr. Iqbal Singh Sevier, who has just taken over as the new director of ISAS. Dr. Sevier is no stranger to the Institute and has been a visiting research associate professor here since 2018. He is a recognized scholar of contemporary and modern South Asia, whose core research focuses on the subcontinent's politics, social and political thought and governance. He has held many academic positions and is the author of several publications bringing with him strong and deep connections with the academic community in Singapore and beyond. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. Sevier. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Nitya. Thank you for that generous introduction. And it's always a pleasure to speak to you. Let me start by asking you a little bit about your association with the Institute. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what brought you here in 2018 and your connections thereon? Sure. I, I have been associated with ISIS, um, both as a resident and non-resident visiting fellow since 2017. I was a faculty member at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and first came to ISIS as a visiting research associate professor for a three-month period in 2017. Um, and then I returned in 2018 on a one-year fellowship, which was then subsequently extended. And I'm happy that the move to ISS is now permanent. It's nice to be back um, in Singapore, um, but it's also nice to be back and uh, reconnect with some of the networks that I had uh, developed uh, before leaving for the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill um, 10 years ago. Um, and I have been delighted to, to be part of the networks um, that um, ISIS has developed. And I, you know, since 2017, I have been fortunate to be involved in various research and administrative capacities in ISIS. And this has given me a chance to get to know our researchers, the administrative team and stakeholders. But also very importantly in this time, I've, I've also been I've also seen the Institute evolve and develop in, excite, in exciting ways. And I'm looking forward to being a part of the next stage of its um, development. And I should just add here that um, as I did my undergraduate studies in uh, the National University of Singapore, I actually have a very long association with NUS as well. So you have just taken over as director of ISAS, um, you know, at the beginning of this month. And uh, we'd like to learn a little bit about your vision and your plans for the Institute. Well, the mission of ISAS is to produce research on contemporary South Asia and to promote an understanding of South Asia and to communicate knowledge and insights about it to policymakers, the business community, academia and civil society in Singapore and beyond. Over the years, ISIS has built up a, what I believe is a strong research core and administrative team. Looking ahead, ISIS aims to remain at the cutting edge of rigorous research on South Asia and Singapore, and I hope become a valuable bridge between policymakers, government leaders, corporate leaders, technological innovators, and civil society representatives in Singapore and South Asia. With regards to research, 
as South Asia and the world evolve, ISS, in my view, will continue to expand, review, and refine its areas of research. This will ensure that it remains relevant and at the cutting edge um, of research. We will be attuned to developing new research areas. Needless to say, we will recruit expertise to build on our core group of researchers where possible. And I'm also very keen to expand upon our non-resident scholars track. I also look forward to help. I also look forward to helping to develop ISIS's global profile and fostering more institutional linkages because it is important for ISIS to expand collaborations with international research institutes, universities, policymakers, and civil society organizations. One of my aims is to establish ISIS as an important hub for research in South Asia in Southeast Asia. Overall, both South Asia and the world are changing in important ways. Within this context, it will be important for ISS to be able to anticipate emerging trends, produce timely reviews of key developments, and provide objective and well-researched perspectives. Um, as you rightly said, um, South Asia seems to be in the focus uh, these days, especially in, in the global arena. So what, in your view, are some of the key changes or challenges and challenges facing the region? South Asian states are poised to encounter a series of evolving geopolitical, economic, environmental, sociopolitical, and multilateral opportunities and challenges in the near future. On the political front, there are a number of important elections that will take place in 2022 and 2023. For instance, there is a highly important election that will take place in the state of Uttar Pradesh in India in early 2022. In Pakistan, um, elections are scheduled to be held before October 2023. Um, I'm just giving you two examples of the number of elections that will take place. Now, these elections will impact social, political, and economic models um, that will be implemented. Indeed, if you look at the case of India, the re recent repeal of three controversial farm laws reflect policy shifts in the light of upcoming elections. Political, political campaigns will also reflect conflicting ideological perspectives and visions of political future, especially with regards to the role of religion in the political sphere, which is increasingly becoming an issue debated um, both um, in the realm of writing, but also on the streets as well. It's also worth noting here that um, looking ahead to 2022 and 2023, that elections may not be the only means of enacting political change in South Asia. Moreover, political developments in one country may not be limited to its political boundaries. This is clearly reflected in concerns over the developments in Afghanistan. If we turn to the economic front, there's no doubt that COVID the COVID-19 pandemic has affected South Asian economies like it has economies globally. The impact of uh, Omicron um, is yet to be seen. However, a number of South Asian countries are already facing inflatory, inf sorry, inflationary pressures. And it's important to keep an eye on how governments decide to tackle this. Do they raise interest rates, for instance? And what sort of impact would government decisions have on the economy? At the same time, there is a strong drive towards the privatization of privatization of various sectors of the economy in South Asia, and massive digitization of economies in South Asia, be this in fintech, in the realm of fintech, in banking and healthcare, or agri-tech in the rural economy. I further anticipate that there will be more opportunities for investment in green technology, carbon trading, and space technology. For instance, 
concerns over sustainable development, monitoring of natural resources, and the need to develop telemedicine to bolster health infrastructures that were severely tested by the current pandemic are likely to increase the investment in space-based technologies. There is also, of course, the issue of supply chain resilience. The COVID-19 pandemic brought attention to the need for states to secure and diversify supply chains. This relates to wider debates over self-reliance in the manufacturing sector that are taking place in a number of countries globally, but also in South Asia as well. And this, in turn, will have implications upon interstate trade agreements involving South Asian states. If we turn to the wider international realm, the recent resurgence of the quadrilateral security dialogue may have broad implications upon security arrangements, economic relations, supply chains, and global infrastructure developments in the Indo-Pacific region and elsewhere. Um, new multilateral, no, sorry, new multilateral and minilateral as well as bilateral agreements involving South Asian states are something to look, uh, look out for. China's pursuance of what it defines as its national interests and geopolitical realignments in the Middle East will also no doubt have implications upon, upon South Asia. So in short, there is much to keep us at ISS busy over the coming years. So um, how do you think ISAS will be responding to all these changes and challenges? And um, you did mention uh, new areas of research um, that uh, could come up during the course of the coming years. So uh, how will ISAS be addressing those as well? Well, ISAS will continue to expand, review and refine its areas of research. In addition to developing our areas of research, I also believe that given the social, political, and economic complexities of South Asia research, uh, sorry, the, given the social, the complexities, the social, political, and economic complexities of South Asian countries, it will be equally important to focus on individual states, cities, and smart cities like Gujarat, Maharashtra, Tamil Nadu, Lahore, Karachi, Dhaka, and Colombo. At the same time, we will strive to put developments in South Asia into conversation with developments in other regions. And here, collaborations with other institutes in Singapore, South Asia, and internationally will be key. So this is the broader um, kind of response to how ISS would, would see itself responding to, to changes and challenges occurring in South Asia. But with regards to your question about new areas of research itself, um, I should highlight here that ISS has formulated five core research teams, international relations and multilateralism, politics, society and governance, trade and economics, new technologies, and the South Asian diaspora. We will no doubt build on our expertise in these themes and introduce new research areas. And these new research areas would include, amongst others, tracking the digitization of economies in South Asia, analyzing ongoing technological revolutions, examining public and private investments in the realm of space technology, reviewing the evolving landscape of multilateral and minilateral institutions, studying issues related to sustainability and climate change, and tracing South Asia's engagement with Southeast Asia within the terrain of wider global shifts. Um, in the coming months, we will be launching a new series of talks focusing on digital technology, climate and sustainability, and political ideologies that will feature internationally-based scholars discussing their latest and in many cases yet to be published research. This will establish ISIS, I hope, 
as a base for the discussion and dissemination of cutting-edge research. So do, do stay tuned for more on this. And my final question to you is that ISAS has emerged uh, to becoming an important research institute on contemporary South Asia in Singapore. How do you plan to further enhance ISAS's brand name and reputation internationally? Well, as a start, one of my aims is to establish ISAS as an important hub for research on South Asia in Southeast Asia. I believe we are uniquely placed to do this. On the one hand, we will look to further develop our collaborations with other institutes and departments within NUS of the National University of Singapore. And I think that the research areas I highlighted a moment ago will both allow for and benefit from greater NUS-wide engagement. On the other hand, we will look to develop synergies with research institutes in Southeast Asia. I will also look to expand on our international collaborations and networks. Um, and we found uh, being stuck at home during COVID, we've all found that there is technology out there which is increasingly facilitating such collaborations. Um, and with a view towards reaching a wide audience, ISS has done very well um, in developing its output, it out, developing its output and um, social media presence. In the coming months and years, I look forward to build upon this and focus more on high impact outputs. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Sevier, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to talk to you and learn about your plans for ISAS going forward. Well, it's always a pleasure to speak to you, Nitya. Thank you for the chat. You were listening to South Asia Chat. To learn more about our work, visit us at isas.nus.edu.sg. Also follow us on our social media handles, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Thank you.